You're listening to Bedroom Beethoven's, where notable music makers break down stories accompanied by songs and melodies documenting growth through their 10,000-hour journey. And me? Well, my name is Cello, your host. Golden age of arcade video games. That was the era when arcade video games extended pop culture and became a dominant cultural force. The exact time period is disputed, but key moments include the release of Space Invaders in the late 70s and the vector-based Asteroids in 1979, to be exact, moments made possible by the increase in power and decrease in cost of computing technology. This led to the rise of both video game arcades and the mention of video games in other media, such as songs, cartoon, and movies like Tron. Other iconic games from this era include Pac-Man, Defender, Galaga, Donkey Kong, and Centipede, and you can now revisit all of these classics by heading on over to ploylab.com. I'm talking Pandora box arcades, handhelds, and consoles, game accessories, and so much more. It's the one-stop shop to discover amazing arcade machines to enjoy this golden age of gaming. That website, again, is ploylab.com. I am a bedroom Beethoven. Uh, we back on our hip hop. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode number ninety six of the podcast. My guest this week is. Well, my name is Nolan. Some people may know me as Nolan the Ninja. I am from Detroit. I rhyme. I produce. I creative direct. I do a few things. I've worked with Royce the Five Nine. I've worked with Apollo Brown. I've worked with Homeboy Sandman. I've worked with uh, Blue from the West Coast. I've worked with man, a lot of people. <laughs> Bitch, I feel like Witherspoon. That's pops, nigga. Real nigga entry, I am requesting room. Give me room. Shuffle playlist go from Amina to Woo. A to Z. Wearing something stussy that I copped a few ago. Always been a honey. I ain't never played no roles. Swear this game is funny and fickle. This Rick Moreau. With new projects on the way, Nolan is ready to bring something different to the table. Known for a ferocious cadence, grimy beats, and a deep respect for all things 90s, Nolan isn't getting rid of that part of his identity, he's only adding to it. The next chapter will feature cleaner, more precise sounding beats that are stripped down to the foundation of hip-hop production. We chat about starting his own imprint, weeks after the start of a pandemic. You know, while a lot of businesses were closing down, he was starting one. You know, he's out on his own, he's putting his best foot forward, and we lay all the cards on the table as he explains the aesthetic, sound, thoughts, and ideas surrounding his latest projects and what lies ahead. Look guys, as I inch closer to the 100th episode, I appreciate everyone who's along for the ride. It's been a while since Detroit has crept up on the show, but it definitely won't be the last. Hit up BedroomBeethovens.com. It's the website that represents the podcast itself. And there you can grab a shirt to rep the show. You can donate to the Patreon. You can subscribe to the YouTube or just poke around if you're bored in the house all day. Because, well, you shouldn't be leaving the house anyway. But until I can nab a PlayStation 5, I'll just keep being busy creating this show. I guess it's a good thing. I refreshed Walmart's website for no reason the other day. 
Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. But no weeks off. Another week, another episode. That's the formula. I appreciate you being here. Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm focusing around your area, like 26 years ago, Cass Cafe opened its doors, and now Cass Cafe cooks, bartenders, dishwashers, yeah. servers, they're out of work indefinitely. And there's a, there's a GoFundMe, and it's only at half its goal, so it might close down. Yeah, man, that's unfortunate. I mean, there's been a couple couple spots in, uh, you know, in Detroit that's closed. Like, for example, like one of my favorite record shops. And, and you know, and, and after I got wind about it closing, I heard that it's possibly just a new location. But Hello Records, like, that's not even at the spot it is anymore. And that's where I first started digging and when I first started wanting to produce and everything. So, you know, to see that close and, and I even just pass it and, like, the awning is off and, and, you know, and it's just different. I'm like, wow, you know, so seeing COVID, you know, not only make people sick and, like, some of them die, but just seeing these businesses who have been so rich in the community, you know, just disappear off of something that's that was so unprecedented, you know. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, like I said, I'm hoping that it's a relocation rather than a complete closing. People's records, gone. They're officially gone? I think they're closed. Yeah, that's that's wild. I haven't I haven't been, me personally, I haven't been to People's. It's been a little minute. I'm going to say a, at least a solid year. Yeah, man, it's unfortunate, man. Like, you know, because little, well, I don't want to say little, but, you know, businesses like those who, I mean, that are very, like, vital to me as an artist you know to see those go is kind of like man like it kind of sucks because for one people's in hello those are the closest record stores to why like the area i've been living in for the past few years and you know to see it go is just you know it's just kind of just kind of uh, a little sad but again i'm hoping that this is just a temporary closing and that you know, they can have a new location, you know, because that at least like relieves some of the sadness. Like, oh, OK, y'all moving somewhere else. That's fine. <laughs> you know, minor setback, major yeah. comeback type perspective. But if they're really gone, that's going to suck because like it's like, man, like where where am I going to get some records? You know, well, well, paint me a picture of like Schoolcraft Avenue. You know, like what was it like growing up in your grandmother's home back in the day? Very, very, like very humble. Come from a working family. Everybody just kind of like you know, have jobs and things, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the first like creative to really, you know, branch out and kind of like going, you know, different, but, at, but at the same time, you know, it's what you, I guess it's what you make out of that environment. Like I never really became like a product per se, you know, I've always aspired to like go past my neighborhood and everything, like even putting myself in, you know, a school like high school that was, 20 to 30 minutes outside of where I live, you know, just put myself in different environments so that I wasn't so, I didn't feel so trapped and, and I could have an outlet to, you know, tackle, I guess, my imagery, you know, in a creative, in a creative regard, I guess. How, how did you have the foresight at that age to know that you didn't want to be a product of your environment? Well, just honestly, like coming from, like, I guess my family, like is, you know, you kind of see the do's and don'ts, you know, like whether it's like my uncle doing a long jail sentence or another family member may be addicted or whatever the case may be, you know, you just kind of saw that firsthand, like, yo, don't go down that, you know, go down that road. And, um, 
you know, I don't know, man. Like for me, it was just it, it's kind of like black and white. It's like, yo, what's what's right and what's wrong? Like, don't do that. You know, it's just like that's just how I was thinking. But, but like I said, man, I was always I was always just like real creative and just like thinking about other stuff. You know, like I didn't even have time to like indulge in that like type of like energy, really. You know, I, I had mad homies that was into the, you know, the environmental activity, I guess you could say. But I, you know, I was I was chilling, man. I was like, all right, let me I'm going to school and you know what I'm saying? Like, let me just see what I really want to do. Like, because it's like, dude, like, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to go to jail nor, you know, or do any of that stuff or hurt people or harm people. Like, it's like, bro, I'm, I'm just trying to get mine. Like, and I don't want to have to corrupt what's already you know, a difficult time for residents just because I feel entitled. I don't know. But I wasn't really thinking, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just into, I was into like movies and like, I was playing basketball. Like, I wasn't worried about none of that. Like, I was, I was trying to get a bag, honestly. And so, the, like I said, you were staying at your grandmother's. Alberta was your grandmother, right? Yes. How do you know that? Oh, well, Fatina was your mom, right? Yeah, but how do you know that, though? This year you opened your own LLC, Sportscast LLC. And, and when you do that, you know you're no longer a businessman. You're a business man. So yes. it, it kind of it kind of lists like, oh, okay, well his his place of business is in Wayne County, right? And it, you know, so you can you can do a little bit of digging, and that's good, and that's good. You know, that's really dope. But yeah, she, um, yeah, it, yeah, she had you know dual master's degrees. She was a very accomplished woman. Yo, you deep. <laughs> You're deep. But yes, yeah, man, yeah. She educates and um and I feel like that's what that's kind of what like one thing I can honestly say like I grabbed was more so like study habits and things like that. That kind of carried on into like the music, you know, just that hunger for like learning and applying and doing it all over again, over and over again until you feel confident or comfortable with an approach or how, how was the dynamic though? Because like when you left Oakland university, your mom can flex those dual master's degrees on you, you know, and you're releasing rap music and she might not see the full vision that you have. <laughs> she might not know that you're as serious as you want to be with the music. I think in the beginning it was kind of a surprise. Cause I, you know, just growing up, I was very like, I don't, I don't want to even say like shy because if you knew me, I was cool, but just more so like just kind of reclusive you know, and just kind of like in my own world. So a lot of the time people didn't really know what to expect or how to approach or what I'm even <laughs> thinking about. But yeah, once once I left OU, I mean, I just was like, okay, well, now I have more time to invest in rap <laughs> or whatever, or music, period. Like, because it was always bigger than raps. It was just more so like, okay, this is a path that could occupy my time. Well, what if OU was like Nolan, come come teach a class on art direction and music? And, and I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And and seeing and seeing people like like Ninth Wonder or Mia X, you know, and seeing them like um, teach courses at college about hip hop, like that's inspiring, you know. So sure, it, if that if I was offered that, that would be very dope. I mean, that's something that. That's more along the lines of stuff I see myself doing in in the next ten. So you so you accept the job. What would be the golden rule? Because I look at the Talk Soon album cover and it's minimalistic, but I notice 
well, why is there an orange triangle in the top left corner? Why are you mimicking being a cardboard cutout versus a clean photo? Why is there yellow, blue, and purple for the font colors? None of these are accidents. Those were conscious choices. Yeah. Okay. I'm liking these questions. So the orange tab. So when I approached Talk Soon, it is it was the coming out of like the Nolan brand, like N O L A N all caps, and and I was kind of like, and it's still like under Nolan and Ninja, but it's just more so, you know, it's it's just me more mature, more developed, more aware of my artistic approach and everything, you know, just honest, just like listening for like you know, constructive criticism or, you know, or seeing a lot what people thought and everything. And, you know, now I'm at a point where I don't listen to any of that and I just kind of follow what I want to do. I would rather just create, I would rather create things that people don't understand like right now, but, but I understand, you know, and if they have questions just like you, like they could just ask me about it and I can, and they can get the direct answer. So talk soon cover. Whenever I'm doing a project, well, for one, like I have this like theme for the Nolan brand, like, you know, everything is going to have like a very cohesive look, but it's going to be different, different stuff on the canvas, quote unquote. So talk soon. I'm like, yo, I I just want to start fresh, you know, and what's a fresher color than white? I started thinking about different, some of my favorite like hip hop covers, especially from like golden era, like 80s. Um, Too Short, Born to Mac is a key reference and why I even put the tab in the corner. If you look up his cover before they were doing like parental advisory labels, which everybody just slaps on their, their covers now, you know, that wasn't really a thing. That wasn't even a thing yet. So in order to identify exactly what the language sounds like on the album, the artist usually types out like contains explicit language or or they do it somehow to let you know that it's not for children. Instead of just doing like a PA label, like every release, which everybody just does, you know, to to kind of, I guess, officialize (laughs) their project. It's like, yo, you can create your own stamp of like, you know, vulgarity or explicit content or whatever and so that's one thing that i want to do that's one of the components for having the cohesive projects with the nolan brand is just to have a tab whenever there's a tab that means that don't play it around kids and as far as the cutouts again like we're starting fresh here so we're just talking about going back to the basics and not just like golden era like hip-hop covers you know just thinking of life in general, like when you first started learning as a human being, you know, we take it back to kindergarten or preschool and you're cutting and you're gluing and you're taping and you know what I mean? There's not essays and stuff yet. You know what I mean? It's just kind of free creation and imagination. And, and that's what, that's why I did that for talk soon. I feel like it gave it a really dope look. And again, to reference like album covers from back in the day, like grand poobah's real to real, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, stuff that I genuinely was already listening to, you know, since I was at OU or high school, you know, now I'm taking elements from those albums that I enjoy, like sincerely enjoy and not just like trying to replicate anything, but sincerely enjoy and flipping it and making it my own and introducing it to a new wave of kids who probably aren't even aware of the albums or the artists. Uh, Did you know that albums whose songs are spelled in all caps sell 30% lower than song titles that have normal capitalization? I I had 
no clue about that. That's an interesting stat. And you shouldn't, because I made that shit up. But that's the type of stuff that you could teach in your class. Oh. <laughs> right, I'm right, sure, I'm sure there's data to dispute or support stuff like that. You know, If I go to your track list, mm-hmm. it was a conscious decision to have everything in all caps. There's, yes. you know, so I, I, I'm a graphic designer, so I love paying attention. You know, I, I'm a vinyl collector. I love seeing cover art and analyzing yeah. it. So I think that's... It's important to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I was born. I was born in '92. Didn't even start to realize what the world was about until I was in middle school. So we're talking 2000s. Didn't even start adulthood or college until 2010, which is the beginning of a whole new decade. You know, 2020. It's like okay, the past 10 years, I have officially just been moving and aspiring to be an artist or whatever the case. You know, and now I'm just at a point where I'm ready to, you know, to fully like tap into who I am and not do stuff to appeal to people or, you know what I mean? Or what managers may tell me I should do or whatever the case, just, just do me because that way, if it, if it totally does nothing is on me, but if it totally rises, you know what I mean? Like is also on me and I don't have to do this, this plant gimmick or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just very like, I'm just chill. I'm just me. And I feel like the sauce, (laughs) the sauce, like I'm already like messing with and been messing with for years. I feel like that's what's helped me. Like, I don't even want to say stay relevant because I mean, nobody still knows. Nobody still knows, don't know who I am really. But it's just, you know, just helped me just kind of maintain a brand over the years because it's like I haven't really like I, I put out I just put out talk soon but it's like prior to that like before sporty and colors like I wasn't really like putting out too much stuff like I put out a couple LPs back to back and that was that but now I'm at a point where I'm like yo I know exactly how I want to do this yo I know how we gonna do the artwork how we gonna lay this out I know what video I'm trying to do I know exactly you know so like everything is just it's just an order now. Like, it's like, I got my ducks in a row. Whereas these past 10 years, it's just been me learning about the game and just understanding how to go about stuff, you know? And I've grown a lot in that aspect too, just growing and maturing and understanding how to deal with people and talk to people. And, um, you know, cause, cause I was a wild boy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like four or five years ago or six years ago, when I kind of really started making a name for myself or whatever, but you know now I'm just I'm I'm just more focused than ever, you know, and I'm and I'm excited moving forward, you know, because even if it doesn't do anything, like I know that I try, you know what I mean? I try my utmost best, utmost best of my knowledge to, you know, to to try to do this. How how scary was it to start this new journey? Because you filed that LLC right after COVID. The idea even just came to, into play in 2018. Um, I just knew at that point, you know, I was getting older and I'm like, yo, I don't want to be seen as like a person that strictly is just like, like people only want to talk about rap stuff with, you know, and Sportcast was a, initially just kind of a springboard for me to branch out and do other stuff. Initially it was a group, like a group I was, I was in, but I was also like managing and like, you know what I mean? Mentoring. It started off as a trio, me, um, my little bro, Niza. Um, who still records me to this day. And it was our homegirl. And we had just kind of like a Fuji city high type vibe going on. And then I added a few more people. I added like, I think one or two more girls. I added a, a 
I call him the white D'Angelo. Shout out my uh, former roommate. <laughs> but, you know, he plays all the instruments. He's dope. You know, I feel like it would be cool to have him in the in the collective. And, you know, and I just grabbed the other couple of people like I've met over the years who I felt like are really talented, but they just haven't had those opportunities or gotten with the right people. And shortly after I started that, I ended up getting an offer from Mellow Music Group. And then I said, oh, OK, well, sorry, guys, I have to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be a rapper for another year or so. And so that kind of came to a close. But um, after after Sporty came out and and really after Colors came out, Colors was kind of also like a reset just for me to to get, I guess, my business straight. You know, like since that time, like everything's been for like I got a lawyer and all of this extra stuff. Whereas before it was kind of just me. Don't pay me your homies, pay me your dollars. Got advice from Uncle Rock to focus on my pockets. Niggas is petty watching. I can tell by the posture if niggas honest so they pocket watching. Vigilant scoping, I can spot it. I'm any my open your shit, my eyes are open. Only thing shut is my mouth around a show for Phil. I ain't trusting many, could count on my fingers. It's funny how some information to linger. Blowing potent, watching wedding singers. With the sound off, playing Charlie Wilson as a smoke pound off way. You know, when COVID hit, you know, everybody's at home. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's quarantined. So it's like you literally cannot go anywhere. So you have to deal with stuff, you know, head on. Like if you wanted if you wanted to do something, you know, and I always was telling myself, like, Yo, I'm going to officialize a, a scorecast. I'm going to make it into a company. And I, I, I was saying that, you know, when I was trying to make the group, you know, but, you know, I got signed to Mellow and then I had to do some stuff, some more stuff as a solo artist. I couldn't really put people on like I wanted to and over time people kind of got tired of waiting so they started doing their own thing and that's why a lot of businesses are closing down you're starting one so I respect that and and I I didn't know that about the coalition you know after the almighty dreadnoughts but before the clear soul forces there was the creative minds coalition so that's dope yeah 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 and those those my peoples man and I still talk to them to this day like I just saw one of them literally yesterday at the homies crib but you know like I said man I one thing about me like I know like nobody like knows me, but I have a rich history, especially like in Detroit for a certain community because I've done so much, you know, from being featured in the museum to working with some of the city's top artists to getting co-signs from some of the city's top artists and and or just being around. Hell, you know, ending up I'm from the West Side, you know, but a lot of my music homies from the East Side and you know what I'm saying? So it's like I end up on the East Side or. Or I end up in Southwest, you know. So it's, you know, it's it's a lot of history, man. But 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 as I said before, I feel like I've been I've been making music for a while and everything. But things didn't really start for me. I say until until the colors thing popped. I feel like that was kind of when people started to look at me differently and kind of take me more serious instead of, you know, oh he's a ninja or or he raps. He raps like he's angry, you know, just like little shit that people always would say to like try and downplay my talent. And I, which is one thing I never understood. But can can you confidently say that if you weren't on Mellow Music Group, you still would have been on Sincerely Detroit? Your value in the community placed you on there more so than oh, he's a label mate. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because again, I just from me just moving around in Detroit, you know, I met Apollo Brown when I was maybe twenty two. I mean, 
You know what I'm saying? So like, and I remember when I first met him, you know, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm a fan, man. Like I've been following your stuff at that point for a few years or whatever. So yeah, I feel like I, I definitely would have been on there because cause Apollo, like he, he already told me, he kept telling me like, yo, we gonna work. We, he was telling me that like two, three years before Sincerely Detroit even dropped. Why is it so hard to work with producers where you started making beats yourself out of necessity to avoid the hassle? You know, a lot of people definitely fronted on me. You know, I had a I had a different style. Like, I, I mean, hell, I still do. But it was, you know, you can even imagine, like, how complex it was back then. Um, so, you know, a lot of people fronted. But at the end of the day, you know, I already had it in my head like I wanted to touch the boards. You know, so it wasn't like it, it wasn't that like, oh, if nobody can make a beat for me, I'm doomed. You know, so I, that's that's how I even got into making beats. Like, it was just like I was just like, yo, I. I know music past just writing rhymes, you know what I mean? So it's like, I want to incorporate that in, and you know, what I release. So that's what I did. I got a copy of Footy Loops from my homie Woods, Footy Loops 9 to be specific, and I haven't looked back. Yeah, I mean, you could have spun off in many different directions at that time. I mean, who's to say you couldn't have joined the Bruiser Brigade with Zalopers, and next thing you know, you produced Atrocity Exhibition, or you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, could have worked out. Yeah, and, and the Bruisers are also, like, you know, guys who hasn't known me for years since I was a teenager, you know, like, you know, and I still see them from time to time, you know what I mean? I I remember recently, like, recent months, I was over there, and Danny just bought everybody tacos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everybody just eating tacos. And I'm like, all right, this is dope. People like that, like, you know, who are, I guess you could consider like hometown heroes. It's at a point where I've seen those guys and chopped it up with those guys on several occasions. So, you know, for me, it's like, it's kind of normal at this point. I mean, like 2011, when I first started getting hip to Danny with Triple X, you know, he was doing like dope events like i remember he did like a vitamin water event like downtown it was some like free rsvp type event you know and that's kind of when i first was like introduced to like bruisers and what was going on and you know and everybody's cool man you know i've linked up with bruisers in new york and you know what i mean so it's like it's not just detroit either like you know i remember my homie trip he pulled up on me in new york at a session you know it, so it's it's all love there man we you know, I've traveled with a couple of those guys. It's, it's all love and respect. Well, five years ago in in the Metro time, they included you in a top mm-hmm. ten list with yourself and Boldy James. And when you see someone like Boldy James commercially rising, you see him sign the Nas's record label. Mm-hmm. You see him releasing albums with The Alchemist. You see him inking deals with Griselda. I mean, you're only human, Nolan. Do you ever go like, man, I wish I should have been more political last year, or maybe I should have been less introverted, or maybe I should have been less fill-in-the-blank, or does it not really well, bother no. you? No, it doesn't really bother me, because again, like, you know, I, I can't get in touch with any of those guys you just named, you know, and I feel like that's a privilege in itself. When I came into this thing, I understood that I was a student. I didn't come into it like, yo, I'm the best, and nobody can mess with me, and all of this. You know, because I knew that I'm like, yo, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to be considered. There's a lot to, you know, there's just a lot going on. And you just have to, you know, be aware. You have to learn, apply, and keep doing it until I guess you get your break, you know. But I don't want to say, you know, like political or like kissing ass or anything like that. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I was an MC, so it's, you know, 
you know, I just wanted to prove myself at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, greatness is uh, simply a synonym. Right. And that's what I said on the Quakers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I tie yes. it all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and see, and that's even dope. Like, cause I remember seeing Quakers video with guilty like years ago, like when it first premiered on the stone Throw channel and, you know, this is like their second LP in damn near 10 years, you know, and I landed on that. And, you know, seeing stuff like that, it's like, it's like, oh, man, I would love to do a record with Stone's Throw. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, you also don't want to rush that. But if you end up on a Stone's Throw release, is that equally satisfying or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, it's, it's, it's really dope, man. But shout out to Quakers. I'm definitely going to check it out when it drops. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground, man. If if you want to talk about the new project, Talk Soon, nobody can better describe the actual music better than you. So you have the floor, sir, to tell people about it and why they need to scoop it up. Uh, and before you get started, I, I listened to it numerous times. I'm from the South. I, I love instrumentals like that. Those it, uh, Excuse my being naive. I, I'm going to describe them as simple beats yeah. but they're probably not simple yeah no but they're it's very stripped yeah very and stripped. I, I mean i love the album i love thank it. you yeah, yeah yeah i i um you know like i said everything before prior everything prior to talk soon was very sample heavy like literally everything and uh with talk soon i felt like with this reset like let's let's just strip away all the extra samples and all the extra textures and just kind of literally build from scratch and that's why you hear, like, I, I focused on the one, too, like the kick, you know what I'm saying? The kick drum and and the loud snares with the wet reverb. Like, I was focused more so on Sonics, and I wanted you to really hear them. And I wanted, because, again, these are things, like, I've learned over the past few years. This isn't something, like, I was just like, yo, like, it was just like, yo, I, I just want to, I want to experiment with space to go around. You know what I mean? And, and I really wanted to bump. You know, a friend of mine, he he calls it. He's like, man, you be making Jeep music. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but it but it, it has that knock though. Like every track is featured features like a dope 808 boom to kind of give it that extra bass. You know, and I and I haven't played it through any like subs in the car or anything, but anytime I play it in the studio, you know, you're able to. I could take it to the max and it doesn't distort or it doesn't sound. You know, and that's one thing that I paid attention to when mixing and mastering, like just being more aware of the space for music. Because, I mean, I even even in my like rowdy rap days, like I was still like studying stuff like Tribe Called Quest and like Pete Rock and like Dayla and Mos Def, like and the Bush Babies. I was like literally like listening to this stuff, like because I thought it was fresh and and I thought that the approach to the music was dope. Another thing I, uh, that was a heavy influence for the making of it was analog. You know, I'm, I'm real big on, I mean, I'm already big on like nostalgia or nostalgic attachment. This tape, I wanted it to run as if it was maybe mixed on a Neve board from like 96 or something, you know, that, and just have that bottom, not be so focused on having stuff loud, but just having stuff really warm and really knocking. And I felt like a best way, the best way to complement that was um, with lyrics that touch on subject matters that you may not necessarily hear every day, like the first half of high. That started off as a jingle that I was going to pitch to a company. 
I long story short, I never got in touch with the company, but I felt like it, it needed to be put out. So that's why I put it before the high track. And obviously there's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, it's, it's hip hop, man. So it could be a little misogynistic at times, but you know what I'm saying? But, but at the end of the day, like, you know, we all have moms and shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, bro, like, like you're, you're not treating every woman like that. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of, <laughs> of like the groupie joints or whatever. So that's why I wanted to do that or, or even on like the interlude before conundrum, like the first, like that was all live. Like there's this, it, it may sound like a sample or whatever, but it's all live stuff that I started in LA with my friend Ron, who helped, he played like some keys and you know what I'm saying? So it was just more, I, I felt, I just felt more liberated creating talk soon because it wasn't like, it wasn't the norm of what I was doing. It wasn't no samples. It wasn't a bunch of stuff already kind of carrying the track. It was kind of like the beat meets the artist and the artist meets the beat. And I bought in a couple friends to, you know, help accentuate a few things, whether it's adding keys or adding bass or, you know, or having, you know, Niza, my little bro, like I said, he records me. He did CC. And that's one of my personal favorites on the album. And I can't wait. I cannot wait until we shoot the video for that. But, you know, it's just a really dope album. And and, and to go back to the too short, you know, reference, like Born and Mac, you know, you listen to albums like that or even from that era and everything is very stripped. But but it, and, and I understand that this is the 80s. So a lot of technology wasn't really advanced too much yet. You know, the most at that point was probably like an MPC 60 or maybe a SP12, the first one. Um, so I approached it with that type of, with with kind of like that, like that angle. Like it's kind of like me and like a four track mixer and me just kind of trying to make a demo. So that's, so that's part of the reason why it sounds stripped like that. And, and inside you hear my own influences. Like a lot of people have made comparisons to Chuck English since this release. <laughs> Now, Chuck is, you know, that's one of my people. It's like one of my big homies. Like anytime I'm in L.A., like I hit him up, get advice, get sounds or whatever. But, you know, Chuck was also a person that I admired, like growing up in high school, like hearing the music with the cool kids he was doing. And One album I really studied, like while mixing the album, was Diggable Planets, their second album, which I feel like is it, it sound it's it's a great it's a great mix for like how they were presenting the sound, you know, like if you if you listen to it, I'm which I'm I'm sure you have or at least you know what I mean, but you know just for the people like if people listen to it, they can really hear like how the beat sometimes overrides the the lyrics or the the audio or the vocal tape because the bass is so loud or because the bass is so like compressed, you know what I'm saying? But it's still like booming, you know, it's a lot of stuff I took in consideration, like making this album, like, you know, making it my own personally. Like I, you know, it's like right now, like, you know, people, people want, you know, they just kind of want loud, obnoxious stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, And I don't really, like, I don't really, like, make that. My stuff is very, like, I, well, at least I want my stuff to come across as, like, warm, but it knocks. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and it's not overwhelming, you know. And you could take it to the max and it won't blow out your speaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, 
yeah, man, talk soon is definitely, that's my baby, man. And I can't wait to look back on it like a few years from now and just see, because even the work that went in BTS was, you know, definitely a ride. Because again, like this is, this was put out on my dime, on my imprint. So it's like all the funds like literally came from me. And, and man, I feel for these, you know, I feel for the independent musicians, man. I really do. You know, I mean, it's definitely tough. You know, it's tough. It's tough whether you're doing it out of your pocket. It's tough whether you have an investor. It's tough whether you got a sponsor. It's, it's tough regardless, you know. Yeah, I'm doing my part with the podcast to add just a little bit of value to as many people as I can. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. And this is and this is also dope. This is also a dope contribution, you know, because you're putting people on. And, and, and here's my thing. It's like respect to all creatives doing things. My thing is, it's like, man, just make it crispy. You know what I mean? Like, that's always been my thing because, you know, I feel like there's definitely people that have, like, dope ideas and stuff and they want to do it, but they don't have a sauce to really execute it, nor any anyone around them with the sauce to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I went to your site, like, and I saw how it was laid out and the interface, and I'm like, man, this is sweet. This is dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Orange is also my favorite color. So, like, I was already, like, sold off that. But I was like, yo, this is really dope. I was like, this is really dope. And sometimes that's all it really takes for me to kind of just, like, go in and, and just be like, yeah, I'll do this interview or I'll do this, you know? Like, if you even if, like, as long as it looks professional, that that's a start. You know what I'm saying? Like... You know, but a lot of people don't really grab that concept. They just think that you just start something and it's supposed to just take off or they don't have no regards to presentation, no regards to approach, no regards to execution, no regards to who they going to interview or have on the site or feature. You know what I'm saying? It's just they just be trying to do stuff. And, you know, I've, I've never really had the room for that. So everything for me is always have to be like concentrated or calculated. And, you know, I like to take my sweet little time man. I'm a tourist. So I'm, I'm very I'm a tourist like, as well words so obviously so you can relate to just being like you know you just like to take your time on stuff you know but not take your time because you're lazy you know what i'm saying like because you could be like hard working but you can also be like i guess lethargic a little lethargic in the process but you'll deliver though you know what i'm saying like you'll yeah. like you'll for surely deliver so that's kind of my my stance on that matter do you, do you think because we're both Tauruses, that's why it took 34 emails for us to finally do this? <laughs> no, man. Listen, listen. You know what it is? So it's like, like I said, I've been in LA. So I, I just got back home, like, I'm the week before last. And, you know, the Wi-Fi was just acting iffy. Now, I have a fire stick. Now, my fire stick is on point. Like, it's on point. It's not skipping. It's not buffering. It's not doing any of that. But my internet, like the internet on my computer is like hella slow. And I'm like, what's going on? So that's the <laughs> only reason for the delay, you know, because I'm like, yo, like the Wi-Fi is up. My fire stick is working and the fire stick has been working like it hasn't stopped at all. But my computer was just running hella slow, like taking 30 seconds to load a page. Like what? Well, uh, talk soon's out now. If you're a vinyl head, I think Fat Beats is distributing it. So support the man, support the new yes. LLC. Yes, shout out and also and also shout out to Fabies because I remember also like I I remember pitching the project to them because although we have history and I have sales history with them, you know I still gotta you know pitch it to them. I can't just be like, hey, I want to put this out. You know what I mean? So shout out to Jab, you know what I'm saying for believing in a project and to even carry it. Cassettes, cassettes ship 
ship out like right before Christmas and vinyl ships out right after New Year. So if anybody's interested in grabbing it, I will suggest doing pre-orders now. They're very limited. But yeah, man, talk soon. Talk soon is out right now. Sporecast. And uh, 2020 till infinity. We're going to keep doing this. I got more on the way. I have more in store. I have more on my hard drive. So we're going to see where it goes. Nolan, man, thank you so much. It has been literally the highlight of my week connecting with you. And uh, <laughs> you know, there's always a place for you on this podcast. Oh, man. Appreciate you having me.